Uh, my name is Jake Evans. I'm an associate pastor slash youth pastor at Bethlehem Baptist Church, Madisonville, Tennessee. Frank Hicks is my pastor. Um, we've been there now, serving in that for about, I guess, three years. Uh, real quick, anywhere I go, I, I always want to uh, you know, give just a little bit of my testimony and who I am and how I, I came about to be here. Because God called me to preach when I was 16 years old. 16. I ran from that for 18 years. So my advice to anybody dealing with that, just keep running. If you can outrun it, it ain't real. But if you can't outrun it, you're going to have to submit sooner or later. You're going to die. That's the way I felt. I felt that it was either do it or die. Time is 18 years of that. And man, and uh, after I submitted to the call to preach the gospel, I wished I'd done it when I was 16. Because man, he's worthy. He's absolutely worthy of all praise and all honor and all glory. Uh, I've heard it said here three or four times here today that this is about worship, this is about worship, this is about worship. Let me make sure something very clear. You can't worship if you're not going to repent. Don't work. You can come meet with millions of people and say, hey, we're going to worship today. But if you have unrepentant sin in your heart and in your life, you are not going to be able to accomplish that. Because it comes in spirit and it comes in truth. And anything aside from that is deception. It's not real. You can fake this today. You can fake it. You can come in here and drive in with your nice vehicles and sit in one of the most beautiful sanctuaries I think I have ever seen. And you can be nothing but a hoax and a fake because there's unrepentant sin in your heart and your life. I get asked to preach uh, several places. I often don't ask to get uh, come back. And probably that's part of the reason why. It's because if you don't like the Bible, you're not going to like me. If, if you don't like what God said, you're not going to like what the Bible has to say to us today. I mean, you know, I, I can't remind us enough that, you know, uh, Jesus Christ said that uh, if you want to save your life, you're going to have to lose it. And we've forgotten about that. If you're going to save your life, you're going to have to lose it. What's that mean? What's that look like? Back when Jesus Christ walked this earth, any man carrying a cross out of the city, you could rest assured he wasn't coming back. He put that on us when he said, take up your cross and follow him. It looks the same. There, there's no turning around. There's no turning back. If this thing ain't real, then there's no point in us being here. If these truths ain't real, there's no point in us continuing. Today I want to talk just briefly, and I'm going to try to hurry. Uh, deception. Ain't that something? I don't know y'all. You don't know me. So don't think I've read your mail or know anything else going on. I couldn't get away from it. Deception is a beautiful thing, isn't it? It's beauty. It's, it's the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. Deception to be deceived. Uh, no false teacher walks in and says, hey, I'm a false teacher. Listen to me. I saw how they do it. No thought pattern in your heart and in your life is going to come in your mind, and you're going to say, okay, this is wrong, but, I, but I'm, I'm going to practice this. It doesn't start that way. To be deceived is secretly done. It's to creep in. It's, it's to make that move unaware. It's all in the Bible. Just go back to the very beginning, the fall of man. When Eve was standing there, she's looking at the fruit. What did it say about the serpent? His cunning. He was good looking. So what I did to my wife, I deceived her, not by my looks, so you know it's of the Lord. She's very beautiful, and I'm just me. <laughs> but how does it go? When he looked over at the serpent, and he said, and she looked at the fruit, and she said, you know what, I, I don't think the Lord don't want me to eat this. Oh, surely, come on now. 
What'd they say? Surely you're not going to die, are you? You're going to be like him. Deception's beautiful. Deception looks good. In all of your senses that are given to you at birth, deception is going to play on those senses. If it's pretty, you're attracted to it. Money, you're attracted to it. Big homes, we're attracted to it. You say, man, I'm going to beat this up. No, I'm really not. How many of us in this auditorium are deceived? How many of us are deceived? It's a good question. You say, I don't like to ask myself that. Probably because you're deceived. How many of us are real? How many of us are fake? How many of us believe lies? How many of us think we have something right, but at the end of it, it's not going to get you there? Because there's only one way, and that's through the blood of Christ. And when you stand before God one day and you stand in His presence, anything that you have to say about what you did or how you did it or how good you was at it or who was there to help you matters not. There's only one way. That's the shedding of blood. There's no atonement. It's Christ. It's Him crucified. If you're standing there that day and you stand in front of Him and He asks you this question, it's not going to happen. Just think about it. Why should I let you in? What's your answer going to be? Well, because I... No, it's because he is who he says he is. You're saved by grace through faith and not of yourself. It's a gift. Anything added to that or anything taken away from that, Galatians says you've made it nothing at all and therefore you're deceived. It's faith alone in Christ Jesus. Turn your Bibles. Matthew chapter 7. Let's read something real fast. And then I want to move over. Chapter 7, verse 14. Because straight is the gate, narrows the way. Everybody knows this passage. Which leads to life, and few there, are, there be that find it. Verse 15. Beware. False prophets, which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they're ravening wolves. They, they just want to destroy. But notice the appearance of them. Who do they look like? Church people. That's who they look like. They talk the talk. They walk the walk. Once again, guys, deception isn't a red blinking sign. Deception is secret. They look like you. They talk like you. They give thoughts that would line up, but understand that, that the wisdom of man is foolishness in the eyes of God. He says, I take things that are little and I confound the wise with them. Notice the, the, the appearance that we have in them. They look just like us. They'll say things just like we say. They'll, they'll even call out. They'll even pray in public. They'll come, they'll sing in the choir. You say, this is talking about teachers. Let me tell you something. If you're born again, bought with a price, you're obligated to teach the gospel. If you're born again, bought with a price, it makes no difference if you have this pulpit or a desk at your job. You're obligated to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if it's real inside of you, then you'll do that. Beware. They look just like us. But inwardly, they're wolves. 16. You shall know them by their fruit. Thank God there's some way. Do men gather grapes out of thorns or figs out of thistles? 
Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree brings forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot, a good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit. Neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth forth not good fruit is cut down and is cast in the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits, you're going to know them. Verse 21. Everyone, everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven, there's going to be many that's going to say to me in that day, Lord, have we not, here it is, have we not, look, look at the emphasis, it's what they've done. Have we not, what are they looking to? In that moment, they're saying, look what I did. Did I not accomplish this? No, you didn't. Have we not prophesied in your name? And in your name, cast out devils. Who has? We have. In your name, done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, I don't know you. Depart from me. You workers of iniquity. Boy, howdy. That makes me want to check myself, don't it? You? You never get up, you never arrive. You never get to a you never get to a point where you got it figured out. I don't care how long you've been preaching or how long you've been saved. Guys, it's worthy of making sure what you have will sustain. What you have is real. Put it against the fire. You know how that happens in the, in the New Testament? Peter talks about it, tried by fire. Temptations and trials. It says, if need be. What's that mean? There's a need to see who's real or who ain't real. I've got friends that, that support missionaries in Russia. You know what they pray for? Persecution. It's crazy, ain't it? It's crazy. It's nuts. They pray for persecution. And here's what they say. That way we know if our brothers are real. How many of y'all prepared to do that? I don't like that stuff. What would you give in exchange for yourself? How far would you take it to make sure what you have is real? Because deception is a beautiful thing. So quick, so fast. I, I, I can't help in my thinking. I was remember the story. Y'all remember the story of Elijah and, and the 450 prophets of Baal? Y'all remember that? They came and, and Elijah says, how long are you going to be between two opinions? Well, that's been preached. Uh, that'll preach all day. He says, if the God of Baal, if that's real, then serve him. But if that ain't, then let Jehovah be God. I mean, he just, he just puts it and confronts me. He says, not only that, I'll tell you what, let's do. Let's go up here on the mountain. Let's go get, get two ox, and we're going to have a sacrifice. You're going to do one, I'm going to do one. And whoever calls fire down from heaven, let that be the real God. Well, that, that's a crazy statement because there's only one true God. But here's, here's, here's the awesome part about this story. Just think about this just for a minute. When you study in the Baal and the worship of Baal, there are about three things that you're going to find that's very, very, very consistent with who's there. They're beautiful. They're beautiful. They're adorned. I mean, when I envision this taking place, I just have to put it in my, my terms up, up to that. I just, I just see Elijah like sitting over there in a, you know, a button-up shirt and a, in a farmer's hat. And then I see all these prophets of Baal in like the finest suits. They're, they're adorned, I mean, to be who they are was to be beautiful, was to say, look at me. They were deceived in their self. They bought into the lie that they're the most important thing that ever walked the face of earth. Ladies and gentlemen, you are not. Christ is. 
Deception will take you further than you ever dreamed it. It's sin to look at self and say, you know, I want to be God. I'm beautiful. That's the prophets of Baal. Here's another, here's another thought, number two. When he said, let's go up on the mountain and call down fire, did you think those guys didn't believe it? Think about that. I mean, I didn't believe it. You know, I'm not, I mean, I read the story in the Bible like, hey, he's a bunch of dummies. 450, they got the 450 dumbest people on the face of earth that climbed this mountain with him. No. Think about it. They believed it with all their heart. Why? They were so deceived. They looked good. They sounded good. And when old Elijah in his farmer's tent walked over and said, let's go up on the mountain then, they turned. And they started walking up the mountain. They believed what they had. Why else would they have went? They believed in nothing. Once again, guys, if you add to it or you take away from it, you've made it nothing. Therefore, your belief is in nothing. It's Christ and Him crucified. You can't add to that. You can't take away from that. So they turn and they start walking up the mountain. 450 of them. And then they get to the top and they start calling out and they start praising and they start worshiping. I wonder how many of us would join in if we just peeped over the hill and seen all of it going on, got it all in the realm of our emotions and probably joined right in with them. Makes no difference what we're worshiping or how we're worshiping. If somebody else is going to shout, I'm going to shout with them. That's what they say. Guys, that's not of God either. Once I say, again, I can't say it enough. Deception is beautiful. Well, it looks good. It feels good. 450 of them. You know what they used to do? They would take their firstborn son and they'd burn him alive. They would sacrifice their firstborn son in the name of economic growth. Well, that'll preach, won't it? I'm just looking out over the congregation. There's, there's, there's more people here older than me than here younger than me. What have we done to our kids? Have we sold them out for economic growth? They say, well, the Bible says that there's going to be a great falling away. I believe that, but deception is beautiful, and it happens before you know. What if it was before now? It's a scary thought, isn't it? I really didn't mean to come down here and unload on y'all. That's all I got. That's all I can get on mine. I got a wife and two kids. Am I deceived? Am I deceiving my children? Is who dad is at church behind the pulpit. Is that who dad is at home? Because just like those prophets, you believe it. You believe it to the point that they took stones and they started cutting themselves. That's how far you'll go to prove your deception when you don't have to do any of that. What about Goliath? Well, he believed a lie, didn't he? I mean, if I was 8 foot, 10 foot tall, massive, huge, I'd stand over and you say, I am. No, I'm not. I'm only 6 foot tall. But I am pretty huge. What do you see my kid? If he continues on the rate he's doing, I did this. I'm an engineer by trade, so some of this stuff just gets stuck in my head. So if he continues on the path he continues on, Zeke, by the time he's 18, he ought to be 8 foot, 450. If it's consistent, but it probably ain't going to be consistent, you know what I mean? 
But he's going to be a massive dude too. But I can remember, I remember playing football, McMean County. I know y'all central land here. We ran if y'all scored a point on us. That's how bad the difference was. And I can remember, like, playing football, and I, I was a big dude in high school. I was a big guy. I was a fast. You know, I played college ball. Thank the Lord for that. I'm not bragging. I didn't deserve any of it. But when I got there, I remember being the biggest dude. You know, and that helps your mindset. Uh, I mean, you, you step on the field, and ain't nobody there bigger than you. I don't care who says what. That helps. But I remember when I got to college, that was over. I was like looking around, you know, I had this mentality, man, I was the biggest dude there. And anybody, but when I got to college, it wasn't the biggest dude no more. And I remember like looking across the field, and there, there's these ginormous offensive linemen. I think, you know, it changed my attitude. Uh, from thinking so highly of myself to thinking, I'm going to get killed. But, I mean, if you look at Goliath, I mean, wouldn't you see where he would come deception? Now hear me, hear me, hear me. It's what he was good at. He was huge. He would whoop anybody, take his sword, kill a whole massive anything. He stood over there and said, come on, come on. He taunted them. He taunted them. Here comes King David, five foot four, 150 pounds. But notice his response. Who's this uncircumcised Philistine that defies the armies of the living God? He wasn't deceived, was he? His vision was perfect because it was on our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. God's deception enters into your mind. It just does. It'll sneak up. Guys, if we don't line everything up by the written word of God, we can be deceived. It's like when Jesus Christ turned around to him and he says, look, lest you eat of my flesh and you drink of my blood, you can't have me. What happened to the crowd then? They all left. And then he turns to his disciples. He says, what are y'all going to do? And Peter he says, only you have the words of life. Only you have the words of life. He's given them to us. Right here in his book. One more story about the rich young ruler. Boy, he sounded good, didn't he? I mean, he, he had money. He, he, he ruled. So apparently he was in charge of some things. I mean, I'm sure he had a fine camel or whatever he was riding. But I mean, he looked the part, didn't he? We'd make him a deacon at our church. We would. He looked the part. He talked the part. I mean, just go through it right here real fast. He says, what must I, good master, Jesus Christ turned around and says, all right, let's straighten this out right off the bat. Nobody's good, right? Except God. Let's get that over with. That's a deception that we believe. That we can obtain it on our own. That's what Satan wants you to believe. That's the deception that we believe. That we're good enough to get there. No, you're not. That's the lies that we fed people and think. And turn your television on and your television preacher say the same thing. You're good. God knows you're good. No, you're not. We needed a Savior. He sets that up first thing. And he says, hey, ain't nobody good. But since you brought it up, uh, don't kill. Uh, don't, don't commit adultery. Don't, don't covet your neighbor. Don't, don't, you know, he goes through. And he says, that, that's what you got to do. He says, so I'm, 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 that's what God said being good is. And then he goes, oh, yeah, I'm good too. If God's good, then I must be good. Because I've done all these things since my youth. He's deceived. He was deceived in his actions. What he thought of himself. 
Just like I said earlier, you can't worship God with unrepentant sin. When you see yourself in light of who He is, you know there's only one way, and you know it took the cross at Calvary. You can't get there. You have no peace. You just keep living in this thing, and you're turmoil, and you're working, and you're working. And they got a visitation program, and I'm going to VBS, and I'm going to be at church early, and I'm going to read my Bible, and I'm going to start singing in the choir, and then I'm going to get that chord. Ain't nobody going over there and getting that chord. I'm going to get four of them. And, I'm going to, and you've worked yourself into nothing because you're deceived. Why am I so passionate about this? I've been there. I've been there. You can look the part all the way to hell. It's going to take you humbling yourself before an almighty God because there's nobody good except him. So he says that rich young ruler. Uh, there's one thing that you lack. And remember, guys, remember, deception's beautiful. There's one thing that you lack. All this stuff that you have, why don't you just sell all that and give it away? You know why? You know why why did that break the bank? Why did that break the deal? Because every single one of us in this auditorium are dealing with something that we put on the same platform as we try to put our Savior. Every one of us. And if there's one thing in this life, including your life, your own heartbeat, your own breath, that is more important to you than Jesus Christ, we can't worship because we're deceived. It's because we're deceived. Go to first, Second Peter chapter 2. I'm hurrying. Let's go. Let's back up and get context. It's important. Uh, let's go chapter. Let's go chapter one real fast. Let's let's read through this right here because because I want I want to be sure and bring this out because guys, uh, the only thing we have really in our heart and lives to com to combat deception is the Word of God illuminated through the Holy Spirit of God. You know what I'm talking about. Jesus Christ lives within us. It illuminates these words of this Bible that helps us understand and see ourselves perfectly. Okay? Without the, you know, you, without the Holy Spirit, I mean, the Bible's just, 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 just some good points. But if Jesus Christ lives within you, it illuminates what these pages say and the instruction that God's given us through these pages. So let, let's go verse uh, 15. Moreover, I will endeavor that you may be able, after my decease, have these things always. He said, after I die, I remember this. For if we have, we have not followed, here it is, cunning devised fables. He said, this, this wasn't just a good plan. I mean, we didn't just, <laughs> this isn't something we just came up with, uh, like you can buy on Amazon, a 12-step help program for anything and everything. He said, that's not what this is, guys. It's not this. That's deception. There's only one that changes things, and, and that's Christ Jesus. And an encounter with the Christ will change your life. He said, we're, we're not following that. When we made known unto you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. It's like we've seen it firsthand. We know who he is. Verse 17, for he received from God the Father honor and glory. When there came such a voice to him, 
from the excellent glory. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well. He's somebody on the Mount Transfiguration. Peter was there. I mean, what a scene. He said, you know, he, they all go, Peter, James, John, they go up on the mountain and he transfigures and all this light blows out of him. And these three guys fall on the ground like they're dead. Peter's talking about this. He's like, I was there that day. What would you do? What would you do if you were there? Same thing, these guys, they fell out like they were dead. And then Peter jumped up and wanted to build three or four altars and shrines and everything else, you know. And Jesus is like, Peter, calm down. It's not about that. Don't be deceived. See how fast? It's about me. It's about Jesus. And the voice came down and said, Verse 19, we have also a more sure word of prophecy. Whereunto that you do well, that you take heed, as unto a light that shines in a dark place, unto the day of the dawn. And the day star arise in your hearts. He says, you got something just as good. The written word of God. What about that? If you seen Jesus Christ transfigured on the mountain, that would change your life, wouldn't it? Peter's saying right here, you got something just as accurate. You've got something just as good. It's the perfect, prophetic name of Jesus Christ. What about those who've seen and believed? And he says, what about those who haven't seen but still yet believe? The Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. You've got something that's worthy of holding on to right here in the Bible. Verse 20, knowing this, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation nobody has the key nobody has a little special thing that's going to transfer it's all in the book given to us by jesus christ don't be deceived there's no reason not to be those charismatics have no secrets they go back to things that they know or they seen or they done and they take their words and say the bible's true when the bible should take the word and say that what i'm saying is true it's a difference don't be deceived. Don't feed your family that garbage. Don't let that come into your home. Not everybody who's on television holding the Bible and says Jesus Christ even knows who Jesus Christ is. What's the best place you could be if I were the devil? Y'all remember that? What was his name? Steve, Steve, Steve. Huh? Was it Harvey? He had a saying back in the 70s or 60s, a little old tidbit said, if I were the devil, this is what I'd do. I, Paul Harvey. I heard that, you know, like two years ago. And I, and I kind of knew who Paul Harvey was. I, I didn't know he was deceased or whatever. I mean, I didn't know anything, but somebody, I heard that thing. I was like, hey, who is that guy? I mean, for 2015, he hit the nail right on the head, and that thing was in the 60s or the 70s. He says, if I were the devil. So, I mean, here, here's, a good, here's a good thought. If I were the devil. I would want you right here on Sunday morning. And I would want you to go home and put your Bible on the nightstand. And not pick your Bible up again until Wednesday night. If you come. If you come on Wednesday night. We don't want to stretch nobody out. And then I want you to pick that Bible up and I want you to carry it under your arm. I want you to walk into this parking lot and I want you to talk to the guys greeting you at the door. And talk about how good God is and you not talk to him all week. That's what I would want you to do if I were the devil. You're deceived, folks. It's a life that transforms us. Peter said, you know, I've seen him that day transform. And you've got something just as powerful in the written word of God. We've got to hurry. Verse 21, for the prophecy came not in the old time by the will of man. It's not of man, it's of God. But holy men of God spake as they were moved by how? The Holy Spirit. That's truth. That's real. 
Holy Spirit of God illuminates this Word. That is real. Be not deceived. Everything else will cater to your senses. Everything else will make you feel good about yourself. When I read the Bible and I learn of the Jesus, the God of the Bible, it does not make me feel good about myself. It convicts my heart and my life. He did this for you. Now, we just now got chapter 2. Verse 1. But there were false prophets also then among the people. Even as there shall be false teachers where? Among you. Who secretly want to bring in destruction, heresies. Even denying the Lord that brought them and bring unto themselves swift destruction. He doesn't say they might be here. He says they are here, don't he? They're here. They're among us. There, it's not something, as long as truth is going to be preached until Jesus Christ comes back, so is lies. So is lies. It's the power of the air. It's the warfare that's going on right now in this very room. There's people right now under the sound of my voice. I promise you, God wouldn't give me this to come down here. I don't even know y'all. And sinner, there's people dealing with it right now, and you're thinking, Am I real? Am I real? Is this real? Have I played a joke all my life? There's not one person, if you want to come get right with God today, there's not one person that's going to come down here and make fun of you. If they do, we'll knock them out. This is heaven and this is hell. Are you deceived? They've always been here. Every time you stand and proclaim the good news of the gospel, whether it's 10 or 10 million, there's people in the audience that don't know him. I believe that with all my heart. Are you deceived? Because it's always been here. And many shall follow their bad ways by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. And through covetousness shall they with feigned words, fancy words, exciting words, make merchandise. They're exploiting you. They're exploiting you. Whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not. And their damnation Slumbereth not. They're going to get what they deserve. But notice how they get you. Notice how they get you. It's just like the rich young ruler. Deception's beautiful. What sounded good. It looked good. When the preacher gets up and he opens his Bible, he just makes me feel so good. When they cut the lights off and start worshiping in the dark to stuff that I can't tell you is rock and roll or gospel, I don't know which, it makes me feel good. And then they say to you, they say, well, let me tell you something. Do you want to go to hell? <laughs> no. Who does? So well, just, just do this then. Just say this prayer. And you, you're good. You're good to go. And they never come back. They're deceived. Because deception is beautiful. It's easy. It's the right thing for the right moment. When our Lord and Savior says, deny yourself. Any man wants to gain his life, he's going to lose his life. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's what? A new creation. Paul says there's not been one man that ever hated himself. Well, he's right, ain't he? We love ourselves so much that even our religion and this Bible and the gospel that we proclaim in a Jesus that maybe we've created will suit ourselves. Y'all have already scheduled me to come back. So, uh, 
I guess you could cancel it. <laughs> Guys, I, I'm sorry. I mean, it's my convictions. I preach this wherever I go. I'm afraid, I'm afraid, I'm afraid, I'm afraid, I'm afraid. And the convictions and the holy power of God. Why, I'll say, how do you arrive here? How do you arrive here? Guys, I'm afraid we've been deceived. I'm afraid we've been deceived because it wasn't comfortable for us. You know, when we talk about the peace of God, we're not talking about the comfort level of God. Peace in humanistic terms is a lot different than peace in, in spiritual terms. We're talking about the peace of God surpasses all understanding. That when it doesn't feel good, you know it's right. And you can't explain that because it surpassed your understanding. But you know that God's real and He's leading you and guiding you and directing you in that path. But guys, we're deceived in the American gospel. That says if you live right, you can be healthy, wealthy, and wise. You can't back that up in the Bible. They say, well, what about Psalms 37? says that he'll give you the desires of your heart. He's talking about himself. He's talking about himself. If you'll sell out for Jesus Christ, he will be your desires. It's not a boat. It's not another home. If it's him and it's all him and all for him, then there's nothing else that's going to matter. That's, that's the context of it. Jesus Christ is all that matters, but I'm afraid we're deceived. We're deceiving our kids. Let me tell you something. For you to say, for me to stand up here and say that Jesus Christ is all that matters, Jesus Christ is all that matters, and I believe that with all my heart, and then for me to go home and live anything else different than that in front of my wife and kids, I'm sowing deception. I'm sowing deception. You want to see North Edwall blow the doors out and grow? You want to see this place, you want to see this place blow out? Sell everything you have and follow him. Mm, what hurt, didn't it? About killed me saying, I don't even go here. It's truth. What's one soul worth to you? What's one soul worth to you? What's one soul worth to you? Or are we so deceived that we can't see past the end of our nose? Because at the end of the day, it is about our happiness. I've got to hurry. I'm hurrying. I'm done. Just a minute. <laughs> Last thing. I want to go to this. Because I, I, okay, now I want to be real encouraging. I mean that. I'm glad that's that's behind us. You know, to be deceived, it's, it, it, it means not to have it right. You know, and, and we've just talked about Jesus is all that's right. He's all that matters. But you know, to take the world which feels good and looks good and it's beautiful. And, and to mix it with God is it, to make deception. That's why I can't, I can't say anything. I, I hear so many people that, that uh, you know, and, and I talk to people, we counsel people, and one question that, that always comes out, and they say, hey, Jake, I don't know if I'm saved or not. I don't know if I'm saved or not. I don't know if I'm saved. And a lot of people deal with that. Uh, and if you're dealing with that this morning, you're not the only one, trust me. Uh, I, I, I was there once upon a time in my life. Uh, I, I talk with people all the time that come in there. And in our counseling, we can't call it counseling because we don't have license, but uh, discipling. And they come in there and they say, you know, I don't know if I'm saved. I don't know if I'm saved. There's one question that I always ask first. Start with this one question first. And it is not how do you feel. That's not the first question. The first question I ask, how much time are you spending in God's Word? 
I don't have to. Yes, you do. You're deceived. It's the words of life. It's the words of life. And they say, well, you, well I, 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 I study Lillian. I come to church to listen to the preacher. No, no, that's not what I ask you. So how much time do you spend in the Word of God? How much time do you spend by yourself with God, praying, calling out, meditation, whatever you want to call it, that time. Everybody in here should have that time. And if you feel like that you don't need that time, you're deceived. Verse 13, Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to put it down here. I, I promise. God help us. Right here, he's talking about, uh, verse, first part of chapter 3, he's talking about how, hey, if anybody should have been somebody or worth something, it was him. That's what Paul's saying. He's like, man, I was a Pharisee. A Pharisee circumcised on the eighth day. I went to all the schools. I said all the right things. I know everything there is no bad. Once again, we'd have made him a deacon too. He looked the part, acted the part, talked the part, but there was just one problem, guys. He was deceived. And trust me, you can come to this church and be something in this church and entertain your flesh. You sure can. And Paul was deceived. He had it all wrong. And then he says, hey, but God, he showed me. And he said, I count it all as a big pile, <laughs> except Christ and him crucified. Verse 13. But he says, brethren, I count not myself. I hadn't got it figured out. That's what he's saying. I hadn't arrived yet. But he said, this one thing I, I do. I'm forgetting those things which are behind me and reaching forward unto those things which are before me. I press towards the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in where? Jesus Christ. Let us therefore, as many be perfect. It doesn't mean you're perfect. It's talking about on board with Jesus. It means sanctified, justified. As many of you who are perfect, you're set in Jesus Christ. Let be this mind. And if in anything you be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. What do he say right there? What do he say? Forget what's behind and look ahead. You know what? If you got it wrong, forget about it. Let's get it right and move forward. That's what he's saying. Don't get hung up on it. Don't get hung up. You thought you were saved. Guess what? Now you're finding out that you're not. The Holy Spirit of God is revealing that to you. Don't think for one second that anybody in this room who don't know Jesus don't want to see you come to forgiveness. It's deception. We're for you. We're not against you. Nobody's going to look down on you, think anything less of you. If you don't know you're saved, you can get saved today. Don't be deceived. Forget about it. The devil will make you sit there. You don't understand. I've taught Sunday school. Jesus don't care. <laughs> Woo! Well, if anybody's got a past, it's me. You don't understand. I've sat in this pew for 35 years. Jesus don't care. Forget about it. If you're deceived, get out of your pew and get saved. Nevertheless, where to? We have already obtained... Let us walk by the same rule. Let us mind the same thing. Brethren, be followers together of me. Notice the emphasis, the community of the church. The community of the church. It helps the deceived. Mark them which walk as you have us for an example. Well, I wish I could say that. Paul said, just go ahead. You see them walking like I do, they're all right. They're walking this way. It's all right, guys. And what's that leadership? 
It's the written word of God through the Holy Spirit. Verse 18, and I'm done. For many of whom I've told you about. And now I'm telling you and I'm crying. They're the enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction. And their God is none other than their bellies. And whose glory is their shame. And who mind earthly things. The best place the devil would have you is sitting on this pew thinking you have something that you don't have. And guys, here's a good pinpoint. What's the most valuable thing to you? What's the, every, everybody in here, when I said that, you had a thought. It may have been, I wish this guy was hush, but you had a thought. What's the most important thing to you? Because there are those among us especially in American evangelicals, whose God is our bellies. This trip down here to North Edwall Baptist Church is nothing more to make you feel better about yourself until next week. That's truth. And Paul says it makes me cry to think that there's lost people sitting among us, but there are. I want to encourage you now to seek out your own salvation with fear and with trembling. Because it's real, y'all. It's real. Don't wait till you stand before him one day and realize that it's real. It's real now. And guys, it, 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 Jesus Christ is at hand. When he says that, he's not saying that he's just coming back, although he is coming. It's a readily available relationship in the here and in the now. And if your life does not reflect that statement, you very well could be deceived. He's just as real today as he is when I see him face to face. He's just as real. And if your life, if that doesn't do anything for you, you're probably deceived. I've been around people in churches all their lives and they come to know Christ and you see a difference in them it's not just in your salvation guys your lifestyles when he said sell everything you have and come follow me he couldn't do that what's that one mark in your family that would cause you never to come back what's that one thing that you're holding on to that you're not going to give Christ and you're not going to let Christ get above it it's amazing thoughts to me how we can spend so much money, time, and effort in extracurricular activities for our kids, but still yet we can't attend church or tithe like we're supposed to tithe. Why is that? There's only one explanation. Because we're deceived. I'm sorry, it's hard. All right? I love y'all. I mean that with all my heart. I love you so much that I am not going to come down here and piddle-paddle around with eternity. Guys, it's real. And it's at your doorstep. Are you deceived? Or do you have something that's real? Lord, thank you for this opportunity to stand. I don't deserve it. God, but in your mercy and your grace, I'm here. 
God, forgive my stammering lips. I want to see people come to know you, God, like I know you. God, I want to see people who find it out that they've got it wrong come to repentance of sin. There's no worship without repentance. God, you're all that matters. If it's consumed my life, and if it ends my life in the very next moment, God, let them stand and say that you were real in my heart and my life. I pray for those in this room who are battling right now like they may have never been battling before. In their mind, in the things that they're thinking, even in their own flesh, Lord, they don't want to give it in. They don't want to give it up because they're deceived to a point that think they're the most important thing that ever walked when you are, Lord. It was your life for mine. I'm dead with your crucifixion because I'm alive with your resurrection. This world's dead to me, God, and I thank you. I thank you for a Savior that changes. I thank you that you changed my heart and my life. And God, when I was deceived and I had it wrong, thank God you softened my heart and caused me to repent. Lord, I wouldn't change nothing for it. And I thank you for this waiting congregation, this group of people. God, thank you that they sat and listened so attentively. God, forgive my frail preaching. Lord, thank you for my strong convictions. God, I pray. Save who you'd have saved. Rededicate, Lord, who needs to rededicate. God, we're asking you to move, and we're inviting your Holy Spirit to do just that. It's your precious and sweet holy name we pray. Amen.